Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, America, and all listeners across the world. This is Billy Jones, the author of Everyday Folks Books and the creator of Everyday Folks Radio. Thank you for tuning in today, Sunday, February 5th, 2017. And thank you for your continued support in making Everyday Folks Radio what it is. Thanks to you. We have more over 1,500 listeners listening, listening live today. And I must also admit, because of my lovely guest who is here today, she has great, made a great impact on that continued growth. But at any time you'd like to speak with her or me during the live broadcast, you may call me at 347-539-532. Again, the call in line is 347-539-5372. And if you're shy and you prefer to inbox me with your questions, comments, or requests, you may do so at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. A few announcements. I've been a busy bee, as you know, and I have a couple of events that I'd like to promote for those of you who are living in the South Florida area. This coming Saturday, February 11th, I will be the featured lecturer at the African-American Research Library in Fort Lauderdale. And I'll be lecturing on one of my favorite topics, the Harlem Renaissance literature, Harlem Renaissance literature, from 2 to 3.30 p.m. at the African-American Research Library. More information is available on my website at billypauljones.com. Again, that's billypauljones.com. And then on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday at Broward College, it is Black History Month, and my dear friend, Raquel Bartoli, a motivational speaker, will be presenting to our students at the, at the Miramar West Center on her topic of being successful and being positive. So if you'd like to catch that segment, it will take place from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. at the Miramar West Center of Broward College. Now, that's enough of my announcements. Allow me to introduce someone very special to me, and I hope will become very special to you because she's quite extraordinary. So Ricky Dorn is the author of Strands of Rhyme, Poems from the Real World. Ricky's writings motivate us to reflect on life's choices, challenges, and opportunities. But there's a deeper story behind her incredible work and this phenomenal woman. And I hope for the next hour you will be privileged and at least inspired to Understand who you are as, as an individual, but even more so, how you connect to this incredible world. And so I welcome my friend and colleague, Ricky Dorm, to the show. How are you today? I'm well. Thank you for having me, Billy. Ricky, I am so happy to have you here for two reasons. Okay. One, you are the first author for 2017 on Everyday Folks Radio. So thank you for that. Secondly, because you're so awesome. And you're doing all these incredible things. You're doing some incredible work. But before we get started, I'd love to have an opportunity for our listening audience to hear one of your works. So let's start with one of your poems of choice from your classic work. 
Mexico by motorcycle. One summer, I cycled across scenic Mexico with only small gas cans from stations like Texaco. I spoke no Espanol when I arrived, but soon learned food words so I could survive. Though my friend and I planned one Acapulco week, our trip became a 20-day vacation streak. From ballet folklorico to outdoor market selling rugs, street vendors offered jewelry, croquetas, cafe, and drugs. Mi amiga was fluente, Etienne and Novios in every little city. Those guys were so much fun, energetic, and witty. Our last night there, a huge earthquake struck. Asleep, I thought it a dream and ignored my luck. We flew home with memories of soup made of chicken and barley. But my favorite part was that rented red and silver barley. Oh, what a lovely poem. So, Ricky. There is one thing that I love, one, one of the many things I love about your work, and that is your command of rhyme scheme. And it's so playful. It almost plays like a song. As you're reading, every poem I've heard, read of yours and heard you read, it reads like a song, and it sings to, to my spirit. And so, if you will, what, what inspires you to write works like this? Well, I love to rhyme. Some people consider rhyme stifling or smothering um, and restricting, but I, I like the challenge of conforming to the structure, and I enjoy using complex rhyme schemes, not just the usual A-A-B-B or A-B-A-A. Mm-hmm. The rhyme mm-hmm. is kind of like music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find it um, like music. And a lot of, I tell my creative writing students this all the time, it's not easy to do that. It comes only to those who can, but to, to stay to that form in writing, it requires a strong command of interest and in, in language to do so, and to let the work take you where it needs to go. And I feel that your works do that very well. So I do have one, my first question for you is, when did you, when and why did you start writing? I was about seven years old, and I wrote then for the same reason that I write to express my emotions about what I feel inside Mm -hmm. and what I observe about the world around me. And just for point of information, I have all the poems I've ever written, most of them on the computer now, but some still on cocktail napkins, notebook paper, or baps of envelopes. Is that so? It is true. I have a secret for you. I still write in my own journal, and Ricky can see it right now. But I have to tell you, this was gifted to me in 1999 on my birthday, April 19th, 1999. And I still keep all of my poems are written inside of here. And the one that you heard yesterday is in here. Handwritten. Handwritten. And then later, I just feel so committed. I love the smell of a page. And I still love libraries. I still love books. And so I... Yes, it is. It is. And who, who inspires you to write? Who or what inspires you to write? Well, that's a wide answer. Okay. People, events, feelings, glories, and injustices. So often when something meaningful or something ordinary occurs, I think, hmm, maybe hmm. there's a poem here. Hmm. As of in today, there's so many things. I tell my students that there is wonder in the world around them. And we can always start with ourselves. But there's so many things to write about. For instance, I gave them an assignment recently. And I said, take this dry erase marker, 
and I want you to commit it to prose. And the things that were created out of that choice marker in class were amazing. And I share with them, when you have moments of doubt and you're so committed to the writing process for what you want to, to commit as a theme or structure, step outside it for a minute and take a look at the things that are sitting right in front of you because the answers and the, and the moving forward in terms of your own writing potential could be done in that regard. I agree with that, even the everyday. Yes, absolutely. And so for those of you who are listening live, I just want to share that you can call us at any time at 347-539-5372, or you may email questions, which you're doing so well already, at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. What I'd like to do right now, Ricky, is take one of the questions from online. Okay. Because we're getting some, we're getting a lot of positive sure. feed from the read that you just had. So here's a question from Tara from Miami, Florida. Tara, thank you for listening right here in our own backyard. Tara asks the following. Okay. Ricky, what advice can you offer an inspiring writer who deals with social anxiety? I'm afraid that people may judge me too much, and therefore I never publish my writing. Social anxiety, that's a very interesting word. Um, the closest I can come to that is one of the um, concerns I have when I write, um, feeling that maybe what I'm going to write mm-hmm. is too personal. Mm. But I know that the more personal it is, the more chance there is of somebody else saying, wow, me too. And that's one of my goals as a poet is to touch my readers and make them feel, feel that we are connected and related. And that's important focus. That's a very positive thought to focus in that vein of thinking. Because as a result, what you may put out in the universe always still comes back to you. Exactly. And so, Tara, I, I, I concur with, with Ricky. I, I recommend, don't be afraid to, to share with the world your beautiful gift. Because the more that you put it out there, the more it'll come back to you. Thank you for that. And I, I, love, I love the term social anxiety. Yes. That's yes. a great term. I said social anxiety. And I, I've heard, and, and Tara, thank you for, it's, for sharing your, your personal story. I will share with those. I know a couple of writers who, who suffer from social anxiety. And I know them because they meet with me privately. And the one thing that I often recommend to them is that first you have to gauge how, what level of social anxiety you have. Because if you can come to a meeting and be in a community of other writers, it's always important to do that, to be inspired, to get motivated, and to learn. But also, it's even more important to know who you are. And if, you're de- if your desire is to grow from it, imagine how your writing could be part of the solution. Using your writing as a therapeutic means to, move in, to transform yourself could do more than just um, resolve, bring resolution for you, but the world. So thank you for that question. There's a second question coming in, Ricky. Okay. This is from Donnie from, from Davie, Florida. Thank you for listening, Donnie, again, and your support of Ricky and me here at Everyday Folks. Here's the question. Ricky, what is the most essential skill or trait you feel every writer should have? Most essential skill or, or trait? trait. That's, a, that's an interesting question. Okay. Well, you know, we all kind of answer from where we come from. I'm an English teacher, and I think an important skill is having vocabulary and correct grammar. Um, The trait that's necessary 
to give the poem some punch is to make it fresh, mm -hmm. to make it jump out, to take something ordinary and present it in a different way. I think that's what makes the difference. I and agree. I, I appreciate that, Donnie. That's an important one. And, and Donnie, I'll add to what Ricky just shared. Students think that editors, and Ricky also is a fine editor too, if any of you are looking for one. If, if there's one thing that editors do. Editors are not there to just fix your grammar. You have to have a strong sense of time order. Even if it's, if it's fictional, there has to be a sense of logic to your ideas, your actions, exactly. your character dialogue. It can't sound too stilted. And so therefore, it's important to, an editor helps you see all that, see the big picture. But the one thing that Ricky said, which is so true, is having a command of, of the conventions of grammar and mechanics. Because if you do understand those rules, you're able to allow them to become organically into, into your work. You can use them. You can use ellipses and dashes and all of these in, in style, italics, for instance, to convey ideas, to share emotion. And so, therefore, make sure that that is something that, that you have there. And if it's not there, here's a, a recommendation. You're never too tired to learn anything new. Agreed? True, very true. And so, if one is interested in taking a grammar course at your local community college, you may take it if you're here in Broward or, or Miami, you have two options right here on air. <laughs> but also we encourage you to take a look at some of the online resources and you can shoot me a follow-up email, Donnie, and I can provide those to you. But it is key that, we, that you have those, that essential skill. I have a suggestion also. There's something called Grammarly, which yes. is fixed, Grammarly.com. Yep. Sometimes there's a charge for it. Sometimes there are free trials for students. And those are, um, those are wonderful places for you to go. And free. Free. I, I send my students to Grammarly all the time. I agree with you. Please do check them out. We live in a world where technology is so readily available to us. I mean, the mere fact hosting this show from a laptop and a mic in my home in North Miami Beach. So gone are the days of the built, structured studios, and now are the days of mobile technologies and also Web 2.0. So do check out, Donnie. Thank you. So, Ricky, I have a question. Who are some of your favorite authors? Well, I love Emily Dickinson and Robert Frost for poetry. I love William Shakespeare for sonnets and plays. Mm -hmm. And in the past few years, I've recently become acquainted with Adriana Trigiani for mm -hmm. contemporary novels, many of them set in Italy. Mm -hmm. Her characterization, her plot, her vocabulary, just, just really powerful. Yes. You know, we have the same reading interests, I must say. Sonnet number 20 of Shakespeare. I like to share sonnet number 20 because it's a great conversation for males to talk about our understanding of how we acknowledge and appreciate features or attributes of another man without sexualizing. Because mm -hmm. the problem is we over-sexualize things. In that poem, in that sonnet, he talks about a male's, uh, a woman's beauty with nature's hand doth paint it. Has thou the master mistress of my passion? And so he uses this entire line. That line is very suggestive. It's oxymoronic, a, a master mistress. He's referring to a male who at the time who performed in the Elizabethan theaters. And we're not allowed to perform. And he was talking about his natural beauty. And he even says in the, in the couplet, the last two lines, he says, 
and for a woman where thou first created until uh, until nature wrought she, uh, wrought thee felt a doting until nature took the finer points of you and made you and he's also saying he's giving up a little pun there meaning nature made something for you that I can't enjoy for a woman since for a woman the, thou were created um, thy be thine love and thy love use their treasure so I will look, admire you for natural beauty versus women will enjoy you for your biological production and so I share it's a great conversation for our students today to see 400 years ago these issues that we did with today were addressed then. That's an interesting approach, really. I like that. Thank you. And so I, and, and, and Emily as well. I love oh, Emily. Emily is my girl. <laughs> I, I love her. And it's so, it's, students are so ca- caught up in the fact that she, it is believed that she never left her, her house after, for, for literally 25 years, right. the last 25 years of her life. They get caught up in that, and oh my gosh, what is wrong with her? I said, wait a minute. Get from a modern, a, a postmodern standpoint. We were always outside of our house, and look what we we're exposed to. We didn't even have to leave our homes and look what's on our technology. And so, as a result, I think Emily got it right. <laughs> and there's things about natural, her pastoral energy, which is fascinating. Right. I bring all this up because you seem to embody each of these incredible individuals and in who you are as a writer. <laughs> I really like Emily's death, the one called Nobody. And yes. I think that's the one that a lot of people refer to. Yes. I mean, relate to um, I'm nobody, who are you, or you're mm-hmm. nobody too. Because everybody has sometimes a little feeling of insecurity, and they're always looking for someone to kind of um, connect with. My other by her is just a last one, Emily. Uh, I could not stop for death. I, I love that poem. And it's part of my conversation at the end of this semester, students who are listening, there is a theme that I like to teach. It's called A Conversation on Death and Dying. And it's a whole literature theme that I teach and I bring in literature across the canon that represents the ideal of death and how it's celebrated and how also it's helped celebrate life. And it really opens us up. It's the last course, it's the theme of the term. And it's very relevant because it's also the last two weeks of the term for 1102 composition. So the students are able to take that into their lives. So what do you feel, Rick? What, is, what do you feel is the, one of the great challenges for beginning authors? Well, I think there are two. The first one is lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. And the second one is uncertainty as to how to begin. To address those, I assure um, my students and others, me that there are not many ironclad rules for poetry and they should just put it down and they can come back and edit it later. Very true. Get it down on paper. I urge them to start at the place where their feelings are the strongest or with a topic that has significance to them like pain, love, nature, politics, another person, music, sports, life, whatever. But that's the place to start where you feel the strongest. Mm, I agree. That was so well said. I don't even have a comment. It's true. Start. You have to start with you. Start with you. Yes. It's, it really is. It really does start with you. It does. And then you, you kind of move out from mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and in, in the end, the greatest challenge, one of the most common challenges for beginning writers is the fear of, of writer's block and what it could also bring. And I say I, my solution to writer's block, keep writing. You, may, you should make time for writing. And I think often what happens is people don't make time for writing. If you're going to commit to this incredible work, you should make time to write. Just like we can make time to go to the gym. We can make time to go to the Super Bowl party. 
make time to write to do something else that's aesthetically pleasing. And I feel that those who do that are less likely to encounter writer's block. Another solution for writer's block that sometimes has worked mm-hmm. is to read other people's poetry. You know, and when you read that, then you get some ideas. Ricky, I'm in four, I'm in two book clubs, book clubs right now. Two. Okay. I facilitate one, a member of the other, and I'm writing a book of my own, and I'm reading yours. So what Ricky's saying is true, folks. Get out. Think. Take a look at other people's inventions. There's value to that. And the more that you do that, the more you begin to to marvel at their own creations, but also to take into your own. There's, there's value in taking into your own, their style, their interests, their ideas. Exactly. And that influences and inspires you in some way. When we write, we really are all the other people we read. Yes, we are. To some degree. Ricky, how often have you written about people who you've never yourself have been? Like, we, I know I write characters. I'm, I'm a man. I will never know what it's like to be a woman. But I can write female characters and live through female characters because of my interest in their feelings and as well as my exposure to female women in my life. Right. Because each of those right. women, I take and create the whole. And so we find ourselves writers. We're so inqu- inquisitive about every aspect of the world, from, from behaviors, traits, moods, all of those things. I share that. This is a great time to share another poem, too. Okay. So... Um, Ricky, you and I live here in Miami, and I write short stories about people who live in South Florida. And so is there a work that you perhaps have in your wonderful collection that could take us there? Well, a couple of years ago, there was something called Oh Miami, and people were um, asked to submit poems, Mm -hmm. maximum of 100 words each, and that was the hard part, but we did that. Really? And I submitted Hmm. several of them. This is Actually, this is the first of the groups that Mm -hmm. I wrote. It's called Stone Crabs at Joe's, and I think some of the Miamians may relate to some of these spots. That's so Miami, eating stone crabs at Joe's. Snowbirds arrive and traffic slows. Drill cotton sundress. Rain showers lasting five minutes or less. Sidewalk art shows coconut grove. Loomers hawking rugs they wove. Miami Dade, UM, FIU. The dolphins to their colors stay true. <laughs> Naming new hurricane storms, shuttered windows are the norm. Excellent plays at Gable Stage. Dinner at Shula's, still the rage. Summer humidity, no relief. Head to the Keys and a coral reef. South Beach parades, diverse humidity. Surf or water ski, preserve your sanity. <laughs> Small aircraft at Tamiami, that too is. So Miami. Oh, I grew up, I was born and raised in Miami. I've lived my entire 42, almost three years in Miami. And as tired as I get of my own city, I can't think of anywhere else I want to be. Thank you for that poem. It was very special. So what inspired you to write that poem? This particular one was the Oh Miami um, event Mm -hmm. project that took place. And I just kind of looked around at the places where I go and the places where my friends go. Mm -hmm. The um, locations that kind of make up the personality of Miami. Miami has so many faces. It does. It does. Next year, after Everyday Folks comes out this year, I'm releasing my first poetry book next year. Fall 2018, folks. I can't wait to see it. Thank you. And it is titled 
uh, South Florida sites and other likes. No, wait. Sites and other likes of South Florida. Love it. And I'm, what I'm doing is I'm visiting some of the historic sites of South Florida. Go look homework on these incredible sites. I'll give you an example. I recently, three months ago, I was at the Stranahan House in Fort Lauderdale. And John Stranahan and the incredible work that he did, his wife being one of the first school teachers there, they have an incredible story. And that house is still there, right off mm-hmm. of Las Olas. That's cool. And he also committed suicide there. It, right there, right tying a, a grate to his waist. And leaving his wife a widow. And what do I do? How do I survive? And they had no children. Both loved by those. Had great interest in engagement with Mary Brickle. There was a story there. And so I'm bringing their life story, their love story, and, of course, their, their transformation of the Fort Lauderdale. I'm committing it to prose. And I'm doing that also with Cole Castle and Homestead. Uh, with the amazing Latvian immigrant storyline there, which is so fascinating. The Murder House, which is also not too far from where we live. And I forgot the name of it. The, the, there was a, a famous doctor, a well-known doctor was murdered there. And there's this now historic site and people claim it's haunted. And then also looking at the Vizcaya and the Deering Estate, which right. I was at earlier last right. year too. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate when we can find work that celebrates our home home. That's a good thing. And we need to showcase more of what Miami's is all of that. Makes us feel patriotic. Yes, it does. It really does. So what has been one of your greatest challenges? Well, there, are, two, there are a couple. One is when to stop editing. Every time mm-hmm. I do my work, I make changes. But I've heard that other poets do the same thing, even famous ones. Mm-hmm. Artists also face the issue of when is it finished, the sculpture, the painting, um, another one is deciding how personal a poem should be. We mentioned that a little earlier. Yes, we did. How yeah. much to reveal. It's kind of scary, but I know that the really personal ones are sometimes the strongest. And I would say those are the two um, that I, I deal with on an everyday basis. And those of you who are listening live, you're listening to the amazing Ricky Dorn. And, and please call us at 347-539-5372. We only have a half an hour left, believe it or not. Time is flying here when you're having fun. Right, Ricky? Absolutely. If you have questions for us, you may reach us at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Ricky, yes. we have some questions for you coming in. I have eight okay. questions coming in. So let's see if we can knock out a couple. Let's hear them. This one's from Juan from Orlando, Florida. Thanks for listening, Juan, up in Central Florida. We appreciate your support. Ricky, ever a time in your life when you wanted to give up writing? Hi, Juan. That is a really easy question to answer, and it is absolutely not. Hmm. It's always been a part of my life, good times and bad times, and I have never wanted to give it up. Hmm. Just absolutely haven't. It's been, it's been my fiber. And, I, and Juan, I, I agree. Uh, it's, if you love what you do, you do it because you like it. You love it. And it, the benefits, people look at what we do for the financial benefits of what this is about. And if you're in any art form, any industry, profession for that, to each his or her own. But for us, we value this incredible power of language. There is power in language. And he or she who commands it can make, can transform the world. 
And so we'll never be tired of that. And I hope, Juan, if you are a writer, never be too tired to do it, too, if it's something that you're truly interested in. You don't have to do it every single day. You just right. have to do it when you feel like it. Do you read every day? Um, yes, I read every day, mm-hmm. and I write almost every day. Mm-hmm. Not, not all the time, but almost every day. Me too. But when I write, I never want to stop. I never want to go back to my life. I just want to stay at the computer and keep working on the, whatever I'm writing on. And it's an hour day. You can start and you say, I'm going to sit for about 90 minutes or two hours doing this. And half a day could fly by when you're really in the moment. You get in your zone, the writing zone, I call it. <laughs> and so thank you for your support, your personal process toward writing. Like walk me through the steps. Okay. Of I'm, what that process is I'm like. Really, How do you get it committed to to in this computer screen. I'm really happy to tell you this because, you know, this is what I love to do and I love talking about it. Mm-hmm. I have a few triggers. Title, rhyme scheme, and messages. We talked about rhyme scheme earlier. Mm-hmm. The title is one. Sometimes I think of a title and then I write a poem about it. It sounds weird, but it works. Be straightforward. Humorous? Give the poem. Giving a title is kind of like naming a child. There's so many possibilities. And speaking of titles, in the poetry workshops I lead, I sometimes offer a few titles as prompts and have attendees write poems to match them. Okay. Then there's the rhyme scheme, which we talked about before. But most often, I start with a feeling, an event which has happened, or a thought that I want to share. Mm. Using my strongest emotions, I begin with that, and I write the story. I get it down on paper, and then I go back, and I proofread it, and proofread it, and proofread it. Paying attention to word choice mm-hmm. and keeping the number of syllables in each line of a stanza similar. I try to edit out all the dead words so they're just sitting there and don't have any punch. I pay attention to punctu- punctuation and capitalization. Sometimes in the style of E.E. E. Cummings, I don't capitalize at all, especially if it's a very intense poem. All lowercase adds a softness to the visual picture mm-hmm. of the poem. Also, I'm compulsive about not repeating key words in a given poem, but varying the vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I check a word on thesaurus.com to be sure it means exactly what I want it to in that context. Then I put it for a while and come back later, looking at it with fresh eyes Mm. and editing it some more. And that's pretty much how it works. I love the fact. We we are so much alike except in one area. I'll write the First, and then I have I struggle with the titles. Always, that is my biggest challenge. Even as of late, with the things that I'm doing with with the short story, with the poetry book that I'm thinking about putting out next year, I'm coming up writing the prose is not the challenge. I need good titles, and I think I could be better. But I just feel like writing the poem first. It's really weird, and I kind of want to do the other way around, like what you're doing. Writing the poem first is great. And if you've been struggling with the title, to write the mm-hmm. title later is absolutely fine. There are a couple of things you can do. You can be straightforward. You can have the title be just a general description or one um, or two. You can have it be the first line. That's true, like Emily Dickinson. You can have it be a question. Mm. You can have it be a negative. You can have it be humorous. You can have it be just a little tiny part of mm-hmm. something in the poem, maybe the last line. Mm. So those are just some, some approaches you can jump into with. Folks, you see, Ricky is inspiring me. And I'm sitting here taking notes as well. And that's what this is about. And 
you have to be in a community of other writers. And that is why we, Ricky, we are proud members of South Florida Writers Association. Ricky, this month, you're, you're going to be doing some incredible, you're, you're involved in some incredible stuff this month here yes, in South Florida. I guess I'll use this time to talk Let's about Let's talk about some of that good Florida stuff. Writers, just for a minute. Um, this is just a wellspring of encouragement and joy for a writer. To, I'm going to be a little corny here and say when I'm with other writers, I feel like I'm on the same page. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's right. Now, this is a group where writers of every level can find support and encouragement. We meet the first Saturday of every month at the Pinecrest Public Library. Details on our website. On that same note, Saturday, February 25th, is the date of the South Florida Writers Association's 7th Annual Writers Conference. We're going to have speakers, breakout groups, a panel, catered lunch, live music, raffle prizes, um, the debut of our new South Florida Writers Association t-shirts, networking and fun. Mitchell Kaplan of Books and Books is our keynote speaker. Info, info about that on our website too, and it's open to non-members. I know when I come back from one of these, and there have been seven or six of them so far, I come back recharged. Mm-hmm. It's a real sparkler. Mm-hmm. And folks, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be there definitely attending Ricky's session and all the others. We have their concurrent breakout sessions that are going to be taking place Mitch is awesome. I've worked with him when I was in my days at Miami Dade College with Book Fair and had a pleasure seeing this incredible vision of tables when it was just book, uh, books by the bay years ago oh, at, right. at Miami Dade College. And now it has become this international and yet to be proven, but I probably say the, world, the nation's, if not the world's largest book. And he, Mitch Kaplan, is in, he played an integral role in that. He is such a contributor, such a yes, he stellar is. literary yes. community in Miami. And so I encourage you, space is limited to this endeavor. So if you're interested in participating. Not I'm, my endeavor, South Florida. It's South Florida Writers Association. And so what we'll do is I'll, the link to SFWA is on my page. You may go there. There is a fee for non-members versus members. But if you'd like to come out and share and be inspired and grow as a writer, check us out. If you join, the um, conference room is $10 less. Yes, it is. In fact, you should join as well. And bring your checkbook as well, too. We appreciate that. And you can see South Florida Writers Association online, where you can take care of your membership there, too. It was a great one. So we have a few questions. We're getting a lot of buzz okay. over here. So we're going to knock out some of the questions Let's coming in online. This mm-hmm. next one is from Todd from Trenton, New Jersey. Okay. Thank you, Todd, for listening. And I hope it's warm up there. We're having a good, beautiful day down in South Florida, so hopefully we can warm you up with our, with our, our, our questions and our dialogue today. Todd was asked the following, Ricky. Where can I purchase your books? They seem really good. Which is your favorite book? So we'll take, let's take them in parts. Where can they purchase your book? You can purchase it on Amazon, mm-hmm. or you can purchase it, well, he's not here in Miami, right. so going to Books and Books wouldn't be helpful. Amazon's the best way. Okay, um, you can. Um, that's, prob- that's probably the best way. Yeah. And I and I encourage you to do so by a couple, then one to a family member. And also, which is your favorite book? Like you, 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 he's asking which is your favorite book. So he may not be aware. However, you've done several things. What, which is your favorite mine of all that you've been producing currently, both published and about? Okay. To be- okay. Maybe this is a good time to kind of tell. Yeah. Okay. 
So Strands of Rhyme was my first published poetry book. It was a real thrill for me. When I was a little girl, I always said, when I grow up, I'll write a book of poetry, and I did. It contains 91 poems, Todd, on a wide variety of topics. Um, A few of those poem titles are Mexico by Motorcycle, which you heard earlier, A Feel-Good Day, The Kitchens of Poverty, Holiday Skies, Tribute to Autumn, and Kaleidoscope, and a variety of love poems Mm -hmm. as well. So that's Strands of Rhyme. The next is my second full-length collection, ready to go to print as we speak. It's called Poetry, My First Language. I feel that this reflects more maturity in my writing style and in my topic choices. Some of the chapter titles, again, a lot of fun, are Poetry Soup, Mm -hmm. Love Stories, War Stories, Mm -hmm. Beauty of the Beast, Colors of Your Life, and aging. Mm. Um, also on the drawing board are a dessert cookbook called Sweets for the Sweet and a book of short essays called The Business of Living. And that's pretty much what it is. Oh. <laughs> and when I grow up, I want to be Ricky. <laughs> She's having so much fun. You're having so much fun. I am blessed to be able to be that's having right. this kind of fun mm. that I love. And right. thank you, Todd, thank you for your support. Do check her out. I'm going to play to Ricky so that you, so the listeners are aware. Any link that Ricky provides to me that lead her to direct sales of her books or any of her social media feeds, should she have those, they'll be available on BillyPaulJones.com too. So that way you can also uh, create a bridge to her directly and to where you can purchase her works and support her throughout her incredible journey. That was a good one. My email? Email, well, yeah, email too. Okay. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll follow that up. I okay, think we ready? should. We should do that. Okay. And this, this, see how the, thank you, Todd. Great work is happening here. Collaboration, the future. <laughs> we really exploded for you. Yes, we did. Todd, Todd, you're all right. You're all right, Todd. So, Natalia from Miami, Florida, asks mm-hmm. the following Natalia, thank you for listening here in our own backyard. Ricky, will you be hosting a book release in Miami? Yes, I will, Natalia. I certainly will. It most likely is going to be at Books and Books, where my first launch took place. And if you will email me or just keep track of the um, the South Florida Writers Association website, it will be on that website. I'm going to guess March, maybe April, but I'm not sure of the date yet. And once I have it, I will be supporting my friend, and I will be there. And I would hope that you will be there, too. And introduce yourself, Natalia. Do come up to R- Ricky with the book in hand, of course, for his signing, to to support her and share your love and support. I will her. look for you, Natalia. Thank you. The next question comes from Nicole from Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta. So we're we're going all over the East Coast here. Isn't it exciting? Thank you, Nicole. She asked the following, Ricky. Okay. And it's long, so I'm gonna. Try to break let it down. Me, let me just interrupt if I may. Just Go for it. Oh, please. Okay. Just to let you know, in Strands of Rhyme, there is a poem about the time that I lived in it, and it's called Atlanta, My Golden Year. Can you read it now? Is it possible? Um, is it long? It's, it's possible. It's um, a page. With, let me answer okay. the question first. And Thank then I'll you. Get back to it. Just to let her know. Um, it's on page 51 in the book. No, I, thank you for that. In fact, Nicole, make sure you do get your copy from Amazon because this will be a great opportunity for you to, to okay. read. So talk to me. Um, so here's, here's Nicole's question. I love reading poetry and would love to offer your book as a suggestion to my next book club. 
So this is the, so here goes. Help me find the words to pitch your writing to my group. It's a group. She's going to tell us. Here's the other part. It's a group that's more interested in historic fiction than poetry or any other great creative writing. So what she's trying to do, it sounds to me, Nicole, for your question, you want to introduce poetry for the very first time to your poetry, to your reading book club, and you want Ricky's book to be that book. So she wants a way, I guess, a, a few lines. What could you offer her to okay. pitch it to the group? That's There's the no way I can, I can pass this off as historic fiction. <laughs> the closest I can get is the section on different cities, mm-hmm. cities and other places. We talk about Atlanta, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Mexico, Miami Beach, um, and my second book is going to have Paris and London mm-hmm. as well. Okay. The only thing I could and I think this might work very well. I have a discussion guide for Strands of Rhyme. And if she will email me, I'll be glad to send it to her. It has about maybe 20 or 25 different prompts, and she can use the ones she likes. Nicole, please do um, let us know, because you're feeding into me through my Twitter, so I don't have your email address. So could you email us, please, at everydayfolklisten at gmail.com? so that you and Ricky could communicate? Sure. I'll be glad to send her the discussion. I, and I think that's great. I think in two reading club, book clubs, I want to share this. Both book clubs, we're even reading graphic novels. I'm the only male in my book club. Let me also say that as well. And these are with individuals who predominantly are not into literature as far as a, a, a discipline and industry of work. They are medical doctors, they're accountants, they're psychologists. So it makes for a dynamic read. And I told them, you need to be more open-minded. We have a rule in our book club, and that is, if I'm hosting, then I choose the book. Of course. Of course. Um, no, I'm very honored that you want to consider using my book for your um, book club. Very touched. And you can host it at your house and choose Ricky's book. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. So, Ricky, I have another question. It's from Matt. From Hollywood, Florida. Okay. Thanks for listening, Max. You're coming closer. I can feel we're getting closer, right? To home again. He asks the following. When do you find time to write? Um, basically, we'll be doing other things. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like laundry or grading papers or something else. We make it happen. Yeah. Max, we get in where we fit in. When we love to do the thing we enjoy, as we said earlier in the show, people find time to go to the beach. They find time to travel. They find time to do the gym. You find time to write. You find time to do the things you enjoy. Here's a suggestion. If you're aware of the time of day that you're most creative, morning, evening, for me, I'm most creative at night, find a day and schedule it in on your calendar yeah. just the way you schedule going to the gym, That's going right. to the dentist, going to work, going to school. Just schedule it in. Um, I have a friend um, who's a writer, a novelist. He says he writes three hours a day, Monday through Friday, and mm. nothing gets in the way of those three mm. hours. He, he schedules it. He says if he gets up to go get a drink for five minutes, he has five minutes on. So he's serious about devoting the time. That's great advice. I think that was a wonderful advice. Max, take it, heat it, and, and create it. Next question is coming from Manolo from New York City, New York. Manolo, got it. Manolo, I hope it's warm where you are. Hopefully we can warm you up and inspire you with Ricky. So here's the question. I need some feel-good readings right about now in my life, he writes. 
Would your poetry help me achieve that? If not, it's okay, and I'll still read it. Okay, I'm not totally clear what the question was. I need some feel-good reading. Yes. So, and I agree, Manolo, if I, if I could ask this question, when I think of feel-good, I think of people like Mitch Album, Five People You Meet in Heaven, David Mori, put thoughts in your head, but help us, if you could re-email your question so that we can understand your definition of feel-good. Because when we think of feel-good, that's at least my interpretation. What do you think, Ricky? I would probably agree with you. Yeah. Those, so those those are those are very good choices. Just for the record, in my book on page one thirty two is a poem called A Feel Good Day. Mm. If you can find something to read that makes you feel good, fine. If you can't, write it. <laughs> well this is a good time to share one more word. And I know we're down to our last few minutes. Could you share one more, Ricky? Absolutely. I'll be happy to. This is one of my favorite ones, and I've read some readings in the past. It is called, I Never Thought to Ask. Since we left the condo fully dressed, let me start again. Since we left the condo warmly dressed and fully fed, we wandered out into the day, but three vital things were left unsaid. And I never thought to ask. We danced, sang, and skated, and kissed deeply in the rain. But you never said you'd call me soon, or can I see you again? And I never thought to ask. You shared your teenage antics and amusing childhood tales. But you never said what we would do if our protection failed. And I never thought to ask. We ate and drank. We laughed and tarried. But you never told me that you were married, mm-hmm. and I never thought to ask. Well, um, it's gotten a little hot in here. Uh, Ricky has gone there. <laughs> and, and, Ricky, I love your strong command of realism. The realism of that poem was amazing. I try. That was Mm. My students would savor every syllable stress there <laughs> because they're, they're in the tone, the tone. It leaves you thinking. It's serious. It starts so playful. It has a sense of narration and time order. But at the very end is when we come to an awareness, that, that truth. We need to ask. got to ask. <laughs> All the time we need to ask. And don't be afraid to ask. I know you'll be afraid to get the answer that you're looking for. But Wow. Oh, can I ask what inspired that story, that poem? Um, this is kind of interesting. I went to um, a monthly um, poetry group in one mm-hmm. of the bookstores, and each time the leader would give us an assignment. And the assignment was write about something you do not know, mm. that you do not know. Wow. <laughs> and that's the truth. <laughs> Wow. Well, I love that. I'm so delighted to have heard that. Wow. I'm speechless for one. <laughs> Never, Billy. Oh, yes, I am. I have a couple of questions left. We're going to try to get in as many as we can. Those of you who are emailing or tweeting in, thank you so much for your support. They're, they've been really good questions. So we're going to try to get to those that we can fit in at this time. Okay. So we'll do our best. So, Ricky, here's the question. Is Noelle from Montgomery, Alabama. Alabama, sweet home? Yes, right. Sweet home, Alabama. Sweet okay. home, Alabama. 
What legacy, Ricky, do you hope to leave in the world for aspiring readers and writers? What legacy? Mm-hmm. Let me just think for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, the only legacy that I could think of is don't be afraid to write it. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. Whether it's published, whether it's not published, just get it down on paper. Mm-hmm. And it will live mm-hmm. It will live in ways you don't expect. Well said. And Chris from London. Now we're, now we're across the seas. Look at this. This is amazing. Fair City in September. And Chris, if, and when Ricky returns and she does a book signing or reading, we need your support to be there. So he asked, here's, funny enough, here's his question. Will you ever be in London? I certainly attend a signing or a reading. Chris, I'm so touched. Um, I don't at the moment have London on my travel plan agenda right now, mm-hmm. but um, I'll try to make it known when I, when I go again. And I'd love to have a reading, love to do that. Stay in touch with me on email, Chris. And Chris, this is not the last time Ricky will be here on Everyday Folks. So I'd like to do follow-ups with, with our guest. You know, so and, and so I, this definitely is one of many conversations we're going to be having, dear friend. Okay. And Chris, I hope you'll be tuning in every chance we get. So, so Vanessa from San Francisco, California. Vanessa. Is, so we're now on the West Coast. Look at this. I've never seen this happen, Ricky, before in my show. What? That just jumping around. It's never been like this. Well, we're global. We're global here. And you're the, you're the inspiration. <laughs> so she asked the following. In the midst of life struggles and progress, there is poetry. Thank you for sharing yours with us, Ricky. Thank oh, you, Vanessa. Nice. You are the poet in the midst of life struggles. And progress. And progress. There is poetry. That is very fine. Mm. Um, you're already a poet. I don't have to mm-hmm. tell you anything. That's, that's oh, funny. that was so touching. Thank you so much. That was very touching, Vanessa. Thanks, Vanessa. Just a couple more. Ronaldo here in Miami, Florida. He asks the following. What themes do you, do, do you enjoy including in your writing? Themes? Themes. Oh, my goodness. Okay, themes. The themes that are my favorite are love, mm-hmm. aging, mm-hmm. pain, and nature. Mm. Those are, I guess, for probably in that order. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, that, how, how cool is that? I wrote them too. <laughs> Ronaldo. Ronaldo, does that it, answer your question? that answers your question. And I hope that it, it, you were inspired by that, to ask that question by the readings you heard earlier. So thank you so much. And do support her. Ricky. It's coming in April, March, April. It's her release, Books and Books. Yes. So do look out on my social media feed as well as from Ricky's um, connection. We're going to make sure you're there. And if you do come, do acknowledge and, and tell her who you are, okay? With book in hand, of course. Sydney from New York City, New York. Sydney. Sydney. Sydney, you're always emailing in. I like you, Sydney. Thank you. So the question is, Ricky, how do I go about finding, uh, finding hold on, how do finding out about other writer writing groups or reading clubs in my city. What city is that? New York mm-hmm. City. Okay. He says, yes, New York is big, but it's hard finding this sort of stuff at times, especially for men. Okay. Um, I would say hmm. Google yeah. poetry clubs, New York City, uh, writing groups, writing meetups. Yep. Um, you could check with some of the colleges. Right. They might have 
uh, locations. Those those would be my suggestions. But but use Google. I, I agree. I, I I I concur with everything Ricky said, and just want to emphasize the meetups. There's a meetup in every city. There's the mm-hmm. app is available. For everything for that everything. You do or think of doing. Oh my goodness! I saw I get invited to things that I don't even know I want to do. <laughs> So, and I'm in a major city, so I'm certain you're in New York City, you're in a major city to Sydney, definitely there's something there. And if there's nothing there, then use Meet Up to start something. And a lot of these groups are um, separated, male, female, mm-hmm. older, younger, whatever your preference is. So you have to find your, your niche and, and get in, get in where you fit in and enjoy yourself and, and make friends. I, I'm a strong believer of creating social support networks. We need them. We need social support networks at work. We need them in our personal lives. We need them in our professional lives. We need them. So, Sydney, make time for it. If it's important to you, you'll make it happen. So, our last question comes from Oscar from Providence, Rhode Island. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you, Oscar. How has your writing, Ricky, grown over the years? That is a great question, Oscar. I appreciate you asking it. I would say that it has grown by the fact that my later writings are about more serious topics. Mm -hmm. And although they're sometimes whimsical, they're less playful. Serious topics. Um, Other countries, um, just current things that are going on in the world. I would say that that it's evolved in, in that way. Yeah. And as we grow and our world evolves, so do we as writers. And so I, I agree. I, I'm not the same writer I was not even a year ago. And, and one of that is reason is because I'm a member of SFWA. It's great being in another community of writers where that happens. You just learn and grow. And the more I read, I feel the better I'm more in tune with the human spirit and the human story. And therefore, I'm more compelled to write it. So that's Absolutely. It's, it's very special. So, Ricky, we've, you've been a busy bee here on air today. It's been a busy day here at Everyday Folk, and we're down to the last six minutes. So, folks, thank you for your support, but I do want to ask you a couple questions. Okay. So, what's next? What's next, and how can people reach you? Well, um, how could you what? How can people reach you? For they are touch? very easy. You can reach me at my email, raindance3930 at gmail.com, raindance3930 at gmail.com. And just um, BTW, by the way, that email name comes from the fact that I love to walk in the rain. It mm. inspires my poetic thoughts because I used to be a tap dancer. Oh. oh. But um, I'd love to hear from anyone who wants to talk about writing. And, folks, anything that's happening, Ricky Dorn-oriented, guess where you'll find it, find it? Right here in Everyday Folks. From our broadcast to any of my social media feeds, and as well as my author page at billypauljones.com, I will be in touch, and I, of course, you and I will always be connected. I want you to do to, to, to support her. Come out. If you're here in South Florida sometime March or April, do let us know how she, um, come, in, come to her book signing, come to her reading. You'll be inspired. One word, Ricky. One word or a sentence. Or a sentence. That describes your writing style. Okay. I'm going to give you both. I'm going to give you a sentence. I see my writing style as being descriptive, emotional, intense, and sometimes personal. Mm. If I had to stick to one word, I would probably choose expressive. Mm. Oh, that's so great. Go. We have, 
You have time for one more? I would love. Okay. Before I say goodbye to, to Rick and the show, I want to say goodbye through a poem. So this is a great chance for okay. us to do that. So can you so share February one more? February is a love month. This is called Good Morning, I Love You. Good morning, I love you. I love how you look when you open your eyes each day, how you look when you get out of the shower with drops of water all over your hunky body. Good night, I love you. I love how you smell when you come to bed, your sexy fragrance filling our bedroom. Sweet dreams, I love you. How you sound, breathing evenly in the bed next to me. Sleep tight, I love you. I love how you feel when my toes touch yours, how your arm skims the top of my head, comes around my shoulder signaling, let's cuddle. I love waking up in the middle of the night to feel your warmth beside me. I love having another day of my life to spend with you. Good morning. I love you. Oh. Oh. Well, folks, there it is. You've heard the amazing Ricky Dorns. And if you have not purchased her book, which is called Strands of Rhyme, Poems from the Real World, get it right now. Go to Amazon and pick it up. If they contact me, I'll send them one. Look at that. And if you contact Ricky, I'm going to place her email address as well because I have the rain dancer. Rain dancer. Rain mm-hmm. 3930 at gmail.com, right? Sure. I'm going to place that on billypauljones.com as well, along with, the, of course, the link to this amazing show. Because if you miss the show, you, miss, you, you, you have to be here to be part of the experience. But it doesn't mean you can't still connect with Ricky. So please do seek her out. I want to say thank you for being here. You've thank been a you wonderful host. So thank you for having me, Billy. This was so much fun, and it was a true one-of-a-kind experience. Oh, thank you so much. And this, again, as I said earlier, this is not the last you've been here to Everyday Folks. I want you back. I'll be touching base with you to bring you back here. That is great. And I want to thank all the nice people who called in with yeah. questions. Appreciate it. They were really good questions. They had me thinking. I'm sitting here, like, scribbling over all kinds of things here. I want to say thank you. Thank you for making history again, everyday folks. Are you aware that we're now approaching our 75th episode? And it's because of you that we do what we do. Uh, two years ago, when I set out to start this, it was to serve as an ancillary to everyday folks, my book. As a result, it has now transformed and grown into this amazing entity where it now is touching people in other ways getting individuals who are not necessarily readers or writers to think about reading and writing, encouraging those who are in the midst to happen as writers. And above all, we're making people understand that independent thinking has value in this world. I am so grateful to have this gift called a brain and a heart with the world. So I want to say thank you for listening here in Everyday Folks. The show will be broadcasting through the archive at billypauljones.com. And you can also download it in the podcast store of iTunes by tomorrow morning, February 6th. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. This is Billy Jones, author of Everyday Folks, signing off. Take care of yourselves and have a great Super Bowl Sunday.